Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. A familiar tale, Stoke clues and we edge closer to relegation. But this week we can't get too down in the dumps, as not only did Stoke turn in a decent performance, we were reminded of the clubs that really have it tough in football. Those poor, poor Man City fans. To discuss the Spurs game and plenty more are some proper football fans, the DT and Troops of Wizards, Chris Brammer. Um, I don't know which one I am, but I'm happy for either of those. I think you're DT. Uh, Tom, are you happy Are you happy being Troops fan? Uh, yeah, as happy as you can be. Mm. I don't know which one's which. I think Troops is the, is the fan and the blood one. And I think okay. Oh yeah, I'm happy with him. And DT's the one with the forehead. <laughs> not none yeah. of them are different people, though. Really, are they? They're, they're, they're all the same. Well, they're not person. real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all <laughs> Russian bots. We discovered this last week. They're they're Charlie Brooker characters like Philomena Kunk, and it's a massive long con. <laughs> and Barry Shipneys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Um. So yeah, we we played a football match yesterday. We lost again, uh, but Chris, uh, I'm getting the sense that like most of us, generally quite happy with the performance. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's funny that I, I think any other time of the year, um, I would be really, really enthused and be thinking, "Oh gosh, this could be the turning point," because it was and. Uh, a bad performance at all. I think Spurs are a really, really good side, and and whilst that quality clearly showed in the end result, I thought we did we did our part and we played we played quite well. Um, it just feels a little bit too late now to because, because guaranteed we won't have that same type of uh, performance next <laughs> week, um, and that's the sad thing. But no, it was it was it was good and. That's that's all you can really ask for right now, I suppose. Is I'm, I'm I'm accepting us going down. I would just like us to go down with a little bit of a fight rather than just I don't know, just going down and everyone's falling out and all these stories are getting leaked to the press and all this type of stuff. I would much rather we just go down with a bit of fight rather than I don't know, mm. dying slowly Tom, and painfully. Tom, would you much rather us get battered five one? Uh, like we did early in the season because um, I, w- I knew where I stood with shit embarrassing Stoke but <laughs> if they're going to be like oh valiant oh nearly men I think that could be worse if anything yeah I think it's um, it's horrible being at half time and actually wanting to go back out and watch the second half I much preferred it when I sort of stood around finished my beer finished my pie and thought could I go? Could I stay here for another forty-five minutes? Well, well yeah, I suppose I, I suppose I should. So no, yeah. Um, but what was it? Two two years and eleven months since Spurs didn't score against us in the first half. So that's, that's good. That, wow. I guess. See, see, that's why we have Tom Thrower on for the stats bombs. Uh, yeah. How we we we, we actually we defended against them. We. Yeah, we didn't concede four goals either against them. Smart. Which is refreshing. Smart. It's, it's, finally, we've tried it. Um, I wonder why it's taken so long. Uh, I think the man in the dugout might have something to do with that. Um, yeah, so wh- why were we able to put a shift in? Because uh, it followed like another week of, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, like uh, just there's another 
crap story in a newspaper or Saido Berhino's done something again and like everyone had a proper downer like even perhaps more so than usual going into this game and uh, like you said yeah we, we kept a clean sheet against them at half time uh, we were their, their opener was against the run of play slightly I thought and yeah we actually played well and I liked the players we had on the pitch because they put a real effort in and uh, who stood out for you yesterday, Chris? Oh, gosh. Um, I think Ndai had a, a decent enough game. I thought it was his better, best game for us so far. Um, I liked... <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't really think who's really stood out. I, I just, just generally, I think it was a much... A much um, that performance, like the usual culprits, were, were were decent. I actually didn't think it was Shakiri's best um, game. I'm I'm torn on Mam because like he really, 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 really did try, but he's just it's it's comical, isn't it? Sometimes for him, bless him, and I really like him. And then I don't know. Yeah, I know that. I, I, yeah. Um. Who who else? Who else was good? Um, I mean, the usual culprits of like Joe Allen and stuff were were decent, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I think <laughs> Joe Allen was decent. Shawcross had probably his best game in a while. I thought Bauer again in that weird midfield position. He yeah. was he was what uh, played very well is as it... well. Uh, yeah, Bauer at right wing is a. I mean, it is a weird thing, isn't it? It's. I didn't think that was why we got him, but I mean, even Glenn Johnson, like, I, I don't think he played particularly well, but I don't think he offended me too much. In, in, yeah. <laughs> That's all you can ask. Like, That's good and, for him. <laughs> well, well, considering that when I saw his name on like the team sheet a few weeks back, I was absolutely mystified and could not understand it. For and 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 for me to think, oh, he he is done in the Stoke shirt. I I never want to see him again. It wasn't. It wasn't a Charlie Adam performance, was it? So that's all you can ask for. He didn't. He didn't get sent off for wrestling a player or anything like that. So that's all you can ask. Yeah, and he and he kicks Danny Rose up in the sky as well, which uh, was fine uh, for me and and for most of the Stoke fans, I thought as well. Uh, you brought off... from. Go on. Apart from when he when he kicks Danny Rose up in the sky and you know Tottenham score from the uh, preceding. Free kick. Yeah, so but that, on the that, on the balance of things, great. though, hurting Danny Rose. <laughs> is it, is it worth it? Yeah, I suppose. So one of them catch twenty two. If we're going to go down, Tom, I want to go down <laughs> kicking and screaming. Okay, literally. If that means kicking Danny Rose. So be it. Okay. Oh. Well, uh, you've brought him up there, Chris. Uh, big man, Juve. Uh, scorer of. The most mam-juve goal I've ever seen. Now, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've talked to, uh, on this podcast before about, uh, I think we're generally mam-juve fans and uh, we acknowledge his limitations as a footballer and uh, as a striker in particular, but uh, he he never gives up, does mam. And <laughs> I just, like, that was the most beautifully slapstick mam-juve goal First of all, it's a brilliant ball from Shakiri, and like if Mamjuf is half a yard quicker, he's getting there past the keeper and everything. But he kind of 
just collides with him and on his way to collapsing <laughs> knocks out, he's prodded the ball into an empty net, which even when he shot, I wasn't sure that was going in. But uh, nonetheless, it did. <laughs> and then uh, later in the game, we're four on one and it doesn't end up in the goal and uh, kind of knives knives are out for Mamdou for some fans. <laughs> but he still ended up with the sponsor's man of the match, which was... Uh, not the most popular team <laughs> in the ground. Uh, Tom, uh, like, does does Mamjouf lead the line for you? I know we're very limited, but some people really hammering him for yesterday, particularly for that four-on-one uh, miss or misplaced pass, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I I just I just feel sorry for the guy. How about you? Yeah, I, I've been advised by my lawyers to not defend Mamjouf. I tried doing it on Twitter last night, and um, fucking <laughs> hell, that was a mistake. Right. I think um, Juf. So yeah, that was that. No, I think Juf is the only person who can play up front for us because he's the only person who sort of suits the role. We put Crouch up there, and he just Crouch just shouldn't be playing in a Lambert team, and that that's not. Crouch's fault, that's not Paul Lambert's fault. It just isn't a match made in heaven. So who else do we have? Because we do literally have two strikers who are actual first-team players and not youth players. I mean, mm. Barry Hino is probably going to be training with Leak Town by the end of next week. So <laughs> so it's Juve, it's Juve or no one else, unless oh. we fancy like Shakiri Falls 9, Bauer Falls 9. Move him from right wing, and now let's play him up front. Uh, I saw a shout for Shawcross up front on Twitter last night. Um, I think five minutes against Spurs was all we needed was Shawcross up front. Uh, it, it, I mean, that that's like, what I love is, that's like, you know you got, got that meme where it's like the brain at different levels <laughs> are like, woke. And like, first first level is Kurt Zuma as defensive midfielder. And then the final one is like, you know, Shawcross at striker, isn't it? Uh, like, is is there anyone else we can we can show up front and just kind of hope for the best from? I mean, Jeff Cameron's not been doing anything. He, I've seen him I mean, finish like... before. Like, twice. So... <laughs> Are we are we just completely um, fobbing off Hesse? Then we don't really think he's going to do anything ever well, again. Well, he's got to protect Gotham he City. To Paris. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, a right back's being played ahead of him in his own position. So <laughs> yeah, I think that says everything it needs to about I mean, Hesse, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but like. Mamjouf was at right back for ages above Glenn Johnson and now Paul Lambert's putting him <laughs> Glenn Johnson back in so like oh, who knows anymore like this season has genuinely like I, I thought I understood football at the start of this season and now I realise that no it's really mystifying and crazy isn't it <clears throat> yeah it um, it's not the most uh, logical game sometimes. Let's let's put it that way. When you when you're watching Stoke in particular, you just think, like, what what? This isn't how football is meant to work. But there you go. Um, the match of the day coverage. I don't know if you guys watched match of the day uh, last night. I think it was interesting because uh, the they really covered the main talking points from the game. You know, it was an interesting, entertaining game. Lots of flash points in it. Uh, I think it was about 10 minutes of analysis, five minutes of which were spent on 
Gary Lineker's Twitter exchange with Harry Kane, and five <laughs> and five minutes were spent on like whether Kane touched that Ericsson free kick or not. And let's be honest, nobody gives a crap outside of Christian Ericsson and Harry Kane. So, uh, well done, match of the day for really <laughs> hitting the the major issues for both sides there. Um, now, it was a very very intense atmosphere, and with the fans really got behind the team and. I think that is partly because Stoke fans are at their best, like in terms of noise levels, when the ref is shit. And I thought I, I thought it was a particularly woeful refereeing display. Uh, it just mm. it was just like every decision seemed to be going for Tottenham, and uh, they were getting away with a lot. I mean, you've got no shortage of pantomime villains in that Tottenham side either. And but that helped get us going, I think, and. Uh, Badu was loving it. I think in the last ten minutes or so, he was really trying to get the crowd going and stuff like that. And I think the the show of support at the end for, for the side was uh, brilliant as well. Um, any kind of negatives from the game then? Because I am questioning Jack Butland a lot recently, Chris. I don't know what you thought of his uh, kind of decision making and uh, command of his area for that winner was like. Um, I mean, yeah, it's probably not his not his best uh, display, and I think you could probably say the same for for a lot of this season. Um, we we've mentioned before that uh, unsure whether his his position as England's number one is a guaranteed thing. Um, I mean, I, I didn't. To be honest with you, I didn't think he stood out as like, oh, he was he was really bad yesterday. But I mean, I I, I take your point. Um. I thought that, I mean, again, the the, the opposite side of, of Mam Juf is that, like, he really, really did try his best, but goodness me, sometimes I just wish he'd, he was a little bit more clinical. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really, I can't really criticise after seeing such shit displays this season like I, I, yesterday i can't really get angry or like critical you've of got a whole new standard so for criticism we've seen <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly it's not it, it yeah like i mean i don't think it's enough to keep us up but you do think if you kept playing like that through the rest of the season we would probably be in a better position you know mm. um so no i can't really think of too many people i'd be overly critical of I think the uh, the criticism of Butland's been a bit ludicrous at the end of the day. You've got Christian Eriksen, who is one of the best set-piece dead ball strikers in the world, never mind in the Premier League, in the world, crossing to Harry Kane, who is one of the best strikers in the world. It's not like, I don't know, Bob from Haven't and Waterlooville has just knocked Butland over under a lobbed ball this is one of the best set-piece teams in the world scoring a set-piece against us. And I think with Stoke fans, because we have been so poor at set-pieces in the past sort of 18 months, now every single time we concede from a set-piece, it seems like the knives are immediately out. There's no, oh, actually, that ball's put in a really dangerous area between the defensive line and the goalkeeper, and it's supposed to make them all hesitate and not really know what they're doing, and it's being executed perfectly, so... I don't know why Butland's been getting hammered for that. And you know, I saw some people be like, oh, bloody hell, Butland's at it again. What? 
what? <laughs> Bulland at it again is making a good save. Don't start <laughs> saying Jack Butland is this person who messes up every five minutes. It's um, yeah. I think the, I the think targets are weird. I think it's partly <laughs> due to like after the Leicester mistake, he's been perhaps under the microscope a lot more than he would be otherwise. I mean, he did make uh, one really good save in the first half from Son, which I think most keepers wouldn't have made. And yeah, like you said, we we can't get carried away from a Ericsson into Kane ball. Um, but yeah, I, there's just there's just been a couple of moments recently with Butland where I'm like, oh, he doesn't didn't seem the most confident there. And uh, but I wonder if that's me kind of uh, being more given more intense scrutiny because there has been more intense scrutiny, I think, from the the broader football media as well. Like wondering whether he's going to be number one instead of Pickford or uh, Hart. At heart, incidentally, somehow turned in a really good performance today, and uh, you know, is he'll probably get England number one off the back of that one good performance. Knowing England, I found will. that weird because he he only made five saves today, whereas like Butland, even against Leicester, I think he made like eleven saves or something ridiculous in that mm. game. So uh, yeah, I Butland, think it's all a bit double standards. Butland, Butland doesn't play for West Ham though. Um, no, he doesn't. Uh, I, there is, Yet. there was another, <laughs> an, there was a negative that, um, that that isn't on the pitch related, and that was the awful people being like racist to Juve on Twitter, which I saw. Which I mean, yeah, people are, are scum. People are scum. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, no matter what, you, like no matter how angry you felt or you you know you think you should be with him like see i that wasn't even get real that wasn't even a, a stoke fan the comment uh man like retweeted or whatever that was that was some weird ass freak just on twitter who just i mean yeah it's it's absolute crap that people in 2018 are having to put up with that um but like even even the most critical Stoke fan has been like backing him up after that, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, that that was a depressing little tidbit this morning. But uh, yeah, it, it, but it was nice to see him uh, come out and, and say after like that that obviously wasn't a Stoke fan, and you know everyone's still you know fully committed to keeping the club in the league. So yeah. there's one thing you can't doubt with Mamji if it is that is that commitment, and he, he will he will literally run into Hugo Lloris to try and score for you. So. Um, <laughs> speaking of kind of the opposite of Mamjouf, uh yeah, the, there was a thing with Sido. Uh, a story came out uh, during the week that Sido Brahino uh, is has been sent to the under twenty threes for failing to turn up to an under twenty threes match, which is uh, which is shit shit for <laughs> Stoke, shit for Sido, shit for those poor under twenty threes are going to have to keep passing to him and, <laughs> and just just like. <laughs> I, I don't know who, like, someone like Lassa Sorensen or someone was like, oh, I'm, you're just ruining my assist figures now, Sido, you idiot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, what, what do we make of this? Because uh, is it that Paul Lambert is clamping down properly and, it, and like, installing the discipline that was lacking under Hughes? Or does it appear that Paul Lambert, in many cases, doesn't have the discipline required to to kind of tolerate this shit because either the is it just that we have a lot of bad eggs or is is Lambert just not failing to control his players what do you think Tom 
I think I think it is just a bunch of pricks who we've signed, and not just a bunch of pricks who we've signed, a bunch of pricks who we've signed and just allowed to basically do whatever the fuck they wanted. Because that is, is from everything that we've read since he left. Just seems like Hughes. Uh, turn up to training. If you could try and be here for 11, that'd be great. But, you know, I understand you can't get area on time at certain things. It seems like there's so many players who've just been allowed to get away with murder in terms of trading, especially when you like you need to turn up for like two hours a day and you're getting mm. paid a shit ton of money. Come on. It's not that difficult, is it? And I, I don't know. Lambert's stuck between a rock and a hard place, isn't he, really? Because... You don't let it go in, and you, the squad probably doesn't respect you, especially as um, there's been reports saying that the, the the squad were disappointed with how easily people got away with it under Hughes. But you also look weak if you're telling three players every week that you're not welcome to train in the first team, you're not going to be in the squad. So I think Lambert's sort of innocent in all of it, but he's the man who has to take that decision. Mm. Chris, I think it's... Um... So, something's going on with these kind of stories coming out every week, it seems. And I, it just feels like someone at the club is, is briefing against either the management or the team. And the the walls around Clayton Wood have become very, very thin. And that is a concern. Um, and that's not to like excuse people like Sado Berhino, who it's just a utterly depressing saga with Sardos Berahino, 12 million quid, we're chasing for ages, we were warned about this, even after he arrives, we, we've got a story about him uh, taking drugs, and then season and a half, doesn't score a goal, and now he's not even bothering to turn up, like, that's that's one issue, but there's the other issue of this continual stream of stories, of players giving quotes, agents giving quotes, players misbehaving, that kind of thing, and... I, I, it can't be good. It can't be good. No, it can't. And I don't want us to go down the lines of conspiracy theory, but um, <laughs> there is, I don't know, a concerning amount of stories and it almost feels like someone would be leaking said stories in order to deflect away from a poor management that would be happening higher than uh, than at the at player level. Um, I mean, there's no getting around it. Like, I mean, Sido hasn't been good. It is it is his fault. And as much as you can... And I, I've defended him by saying, you know, about him being bereft of confidence and all this type of stuff. There, There is no excuse for the constant issues that are mm. surrounding him but then the the leaks that come out um quoting players it does just feel like it's either people trying to get other clubs interested in players because they know that they'll they want to get them moved on early in the summer or it's deflecting away from a bad job that's been done by recruitment and board um Again, this is just theorising, but it, it isn't good. It isn't good for mentality. And I, I'm surprised then that yesterday's performance was so good on the background of all these negative stories. It's almost like the stories aren't reflective of what the squad have said and they recognise that and they chose yesterday to almost 
double their efforts in order to prove things were wrong. Um, it is. It isn't good at all. And I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah, you, you, I'm glad you touched on that because the the evidence we saw yesterday wasn't like the evidence of like a dressing room in crisis that all hate each other. Now whether that was the the eleven on the pitch didn't contain some of the like notable bad bad eggs we've heard about: uh, Afalai, Berahino, Vimmer, Adam, potentially Hesse, etc. Whether it was like like that eleven that played yesterday. They're the good guys. Most of the bad guys are either like banned or cast aside or injured in inverted commas or whatever. Like, how how did Berahino and Vimma look like Shawcross and Allen in the eye and stuff like that? It, <laughs> you do wonder like what the dynamic is in that dressing room because, like, the the I was particularly thought this uh, in the Arsenal game. Like Joe Allen must sometimes look around and be like. Why the hell am I working so hard trying to trying to keep you in the Premier League when some players seem to not give a shit? Um, so yeah, that has been a big big concern, and I'm pleased that the uh, team that played against Tottenham played in the way they did because it because we could be sat here again talking about the same things we did last week about how this is a bunch of mercenary tosses who don't give a shit. Um, and the the question now is like. If and when we go down, do we keep those mercenary tosses who don't give a shit? Because that's <laughs> that's the next big concern, I suppose. Um, but we're not. I we're, think go on. On, on, I was going to say on that. I, I'm increasingly of the opinion that for some of them, I like Kevin Vimmer. I I assume Kevin Vimmer is not going to make an appearance for us again. I definitely don't see him with us next season. We're not going to make eighteen million pounds back on him, and and the worry would be that we're going to have to sell players off for cheap. I mean, presumably the only one who will, the ones who will make profit would be Jack Butland and Shakiri, um, possibly Joe Allen. It but could be tough to make. It depends how tough much to make a profit on even Shakiri and Allen, I reckon, because like because we because we've I, go down the, I the clubs can feel like they can offer less. So I, I I don't know. They they can, but <laughs> I, but I think with Shakiri coming in for what was twelve million and how inflated yeah. the market is, like even like championship teams spend more than that on players. Like I I don't think it would be unreasonable for us to get more for Shakiri, even as even if he probably deserves more than we would get. I mm. think it would still be more than twelve million if you get me. I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll sell them all for. Even if we do go down, we'll sell them off quite a lot of money because people like Alan and even Shakiri for a sensible sort of lower range European team will they'll, they'll be like five or six clubs fighting over them. Mm. Surely yeah. they'll just be fighting over each other and trying to find a way to get that bid up. So I think we should, if we go down, have a bit of a war chest mm. to to yep. use a good old cliche. To- to spend on uh, Ross McCormack and Daryl Murphy. Hey, hey don't, yes. t- don't t- like you've named two like capable strikers there. I would uh, don't uh, don't dismiss those guys. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're actual br- Cameron Jerome, actual breathing strikers. I mean, I mean, Jerome's <laughs> is Jerome all right at that level? Look at you, <laughs> look at look at you now, Dave. <laughs> like, like, so, so, I was, so, I was, I was looking up. Um, you're like Jerome. 
Jerome would be. I was, <laughs> I was looking up the League One top scorers earlier, like just thinking like what a championship side should uh, go after. And I was like, how old is Brett Pittman? He's 30 and he plays for Portsmouth. Oh, he's got the best goals per minute ratio in the League One. So, uh, yeah, um, that was a dark hole. Will Grigg. I'll be happy with Will Grigg. Um, Uh, Well, everyone would love singing that song. But have you seen that um, Robert Huth is set to leave Leicester as well? So we're getting the band back together, guys. I'd I'd bring back Walshide, personally. He's playing futsal oh, for, Ger- for in for in a German final, isn't he now? He's not even playing really? eleven aside football anymore. <laughs> Bless him. We'll, Poor Pip. We'll get the back we'll get Walters back. Huth will come in. We'll put in an offer for Ryan Shotton. Lewis Malt will buy him. Danny Pugh will come back from Vale. Danny Pugh um who else Tony played Pugh-less. in Andy Wilkinson's testimonial? <laughs> I don't, I, don't I don't think know. he played. <laughs> no. <laughs> James Beatty, um, assistant. Pulis and Beatty will be the manager oh. assistant manager combination <laughs> that never looked possible. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they'll take us up. Um, but no, we're, hey, we're getting a bit carried away here, lads. There's five games left. We're not down yet. Um, and mm-hmm. we can do it, you know. Three wins. Three wins from these five. Have Stranger Things happened? Probably yeah. not, but. Like, uh, we asked on Twitter, has today's game affected whether you think we'll stay up or go down? 21% off the back of that Spurs game now think, yes, we will stay up. 57%, it should be pointed out, said, no, we were already down and uh, it hasn't affected anything. Um, 7% said, no, it hasn't affected my opinion of whether we'll stay up. We were already staying up before this game when we're still going to stay up. And th- those are some special people. Uh, like, yeah, they um, are. Like me. I, I don't, don't want us to stay up now. Okay? I'm, I'm resigned to the championship. If we stay up, I'll be disappointed. I want us to go down now so we can have a good time. I've prepared, like, podcast-wise, I have ideas for next year. If we ruin that by staying up, like, I'm going to have to do all kinds of planning all over again. I, I did think, like, watching Arsenal Southampton, like, like if we stay up, this will be us next season again, just, like, losing to Arsenal and it'll, it'll just, like, Super Sunday and, oh, it's just exhausting, this Premier League business. It's just, like, oh, God, <laughs> there's about 10 teams a season you can beat and you often don't even beat them. That's just rubbish. No, Lambert yeah. will get sacked in the summer. We'll get Ranieri in, and that'll be it. You know, Premier League champions, twenty twenty, <laughs> sorted, easy. Uh, yeah, it's a shame we. It's a shame, like in these past ten seasons, we didn't win the league when we had the chance. We'll we'll look back and kick ourselves. <laughs> should should have tried harder. <laughs> yeah. uh, in these five games, though, uh, the team isn't given up, even if uh, we are. Like, what is your uh, approach for the rest of the season? Like. Who do you play up front, and like, do you keep that same that same team together and just hope, kind of hope for the best? I've in, uh, I've enjoyed the the newest shape that we've played against Arsenal and Spurs. Um, I think that's actually been really important for helping us get on the front foot, and finally we aren't just you know sitting in our own half, shitting ourselves, waiting for 
you know, the next goal to go in. We're actually trying to score goals. It's amazing. Someone should have done it earlier. I think I'd move Bauer back to right back and Shakiri back to right midfield because, like you said, mm-hmm. Chris, he's just been a bit. He struggles in that role. I think I've said it before that he needs that space to drift away from where he should be. Yeah. Whereas in that number ten, sort of, you have a Wanyama, a Dembele just sat on top yeah. of him for the entire game. He's, he's crowded. He's crowded in that role. And you, yeah, you're right. He needs to be out on the wing again. So yeah, I, I think I'd maybe even just on the the whole strike front, just throw Campbell in into that ten role. He's a bit shielded. If he just sort of runs around a bit, he's not really going to do anything wrong. And mm. as well, he gets the chance. And I don't think he looked as out of his depth against Spurs as he did against Leicester. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like who else could we play there? Maybe Chupo. Stephen Island not dead anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> Why not? I mean, he, he missed more chances than Chief against United. So, yeah, let's get more clinical finishes into the team. <laughs> we've, just, we've just got too many clinical finishers. That's our problem. It's been our problem all season. Um... <laughs> out, out of interest, and this is slight, not related, but is Lee Grant injured? Yeah. Because yeah. it was... Is he? I, I must have missed that because I noticed, obviously... Jakob's there, our, your main boy, and I was like, "Oh!" Part of me was thinking that he'd really impress Paul Lambert <laughs> enough to be the backup goalkeeper, but no. I mean, he's got to get ready to be first choice, hasn't he, next season? So, speaking of noticing how God, did we see how they announced the team lineup on the Stoke Twitter? Oh, that was uh, that yeah. was just the the final nail in the coffin. We deserve to go down for that. I, I, I missed that. What? What? How? How was it uh, announced? So you know, you, you know how you, we are sponsored by Top Eleven. Yeah, we mm. announced it with a Top Eleven team sheet, like how it would yeah. look on the mobile phone game. Oh, it was dear. awful. Oh no! It was oh, it was horrid. You know how like the the tactics screen looks on Football Manager Day. Yeah, imagine that, but like not as good, and that's how we announce the team. Oh dear! I was going to say those hexagons that we've had like for most of the season have been pretty, pretty rubbish anyway. So yeah, bloody they hell! Made those stick. hexagons look like a work of art. Lambert out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's all the important issues covered now. I think. Um, like, is there is there any part of you, either of you, that thinks like maybe maybe we've got a sniff because there are three quote unquote winnable games there. Like, is is any part of you starting to think maybe maybe we can have it? I'm one of those um, fabled seven percent who said, no, that game hasn't changed how I felt. We were always going to stay up. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I'd just rather think like that. And so positivity you're always known for. You know, they, yeah, definitely. It was um, West Ham away. They might explode again. That could be fun. That would be ace. And then it's like Burnley at home. They've won their last four. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool are playing us in between two Champions League semi-finals mm. provided Man City don't fuck that up for us yeah uh, Chris uh, obviously you want us to go down but are you worried we might stay up um, not overly <laughs> really no yeah. um, I think I Champagne's think it would ice. be fantastic yeah 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 
I think it would be fantastic. Um, I think it would be fantastic from an, a, a story point of view, and I think it, I think they have every potential. Do you know? I was going to say I think they have every potential to you know accidentally win, but I don't think they they can mainly because look at the the goal that we scored yesterday. It was a complete just clusterfuck of a goal. Like any other day that that doesn't happen he, he ran into the flipping keeper <laughs> and then just tapped it in like i just i don't see where goals are coming from to win apart from shakiri magic and i think that's the issue like i think that we will probably we could ground out some more draws elsewhere but i just i just don't see us winning anything um so so no dave i'm i'm quite accepting and going down I don't think we'll accidentally stay up or anything. Well, that's a good thing because it's the return of our new feature, the Wizard's Guide to the Championship, uh, where we <laughs> yes. look at our, our new favourite league and just like talk about stuff we're, we're expecting or looking forward to from the second tier next season. Um, I was thinking that uh, the, the Neil Warnock effect is something to look forward to to the championship. Now, you might think that he's going up with Cardiff City, but even if he does, uh, he's getting sacked within about three or four months, and then he'll be back in the championship. And the championship is a lot better when Neil Warnock is in it. Because, like, look at the scenes uh, on Friday night. Uh, you have uh, two teams chasing promotion. One of them is 1-0 up away from home, and then the home side misses a penalty on the 94th and 96th minute. Now, if that doesn't make the championship the greatest league in the world, what does? But then that's followed by Neil Warnock in the most petulant display of petulance ever seen by <laughs> by a petulant man, just refusing to shake his opposite number's hand. In, in like Mark Hughes was watching that, going bloody hell, like grow up a bit, come on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all for Neil Warnock uh, being in the same league as us next season in in one form or another. Uh, I was looking at the uh, a game I'd completely forgotten about called the Battle of Bra- Bramall Lane. I don't know if you're familiar with this game. I think it's the only game uh, to be called off due to a lack of players where Cardiff, uh, no, not Cardiff, Sheffield United were reduced to eight men against West Brom for basically three assaults. And then um, Sheffield United had two injuries and were reduced to six players uh, at 3-0 down. They were already 3-0 down and they got mysteriously got two more injuries uh, having used all their subs. So just like, you you don't get that that level of shithousing in the Premier League. You just get like odd dives and stuff at the top. Like, Like... he he yeah. was willing to kill West Brom players just to end a game early, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> that... <laughs> I can't I can't think of anything anything better than that. I mean, I was I was thinking of uh, of Neil Warnock and and thinking how much I will miss him uh, in the Championship because like that was a fantastic uh, fantastic video of him the other day. Let me just get the Championship table up. And see what's going on in the championship. I mean, like, I think Wolves will go up. Cardiff, yeah, probably. Like, who who else is down there that's that we can look forward to seeing again? Like, who? Oh, I'm. I mean, Ian Ian Holloway's still there, guys. He's still in the championship. Like, all these characters that we've we've missed 
So All these long. proper British managers that never get a chance that are somehow still in the championship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and like the, yeah. the narratives as well that happen every season in the championship, specifically Derby. Derby <laughs> bottling promotion will be entertaining. Oh, I, I hope they bottle Especially it. Especially if it's Gary Rowett again. Oh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm. And Cardiff. Cardiff could bottle it as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is playing Reading, who can just fuck who? off. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, they were well, they were in the Premier League a few seasons ago, Tom, so you may know them from there. Uh, they, they, play, they play in the middle of nowhere, and nobody likes them because they're just like the most boring club in the world. So no wonder you've forgotten them. And they're not even, they're not even sponsored by Waitrose anymore either. So, like... They're just so like that was the one thing where it's like, oh, at least I can make fun of them because they're so bourgeois. It hurts, but now, now no, they, they're sponsored by what is it that Carabao, the same oh, no. thing that sponsors the League Cup, which I think is a fix. They shouldn't be allowed to be. Um, uh, so they're they're even more boring now. Mm. Bring on real clubs is what I say, like um, Millwall. Yes. And we, like, mu- God, we must Millwall be all hyped away. for Millwall, surely. Millwall away. Let, let, sure. Let's bring let's... proper fans, <laughs> proper fans, and their and their un. I did see some. I did see someone arguing that it'll be better in the championship because it's not been affected by the political correctness what? of the Premier League, and uh, <laughs> and it did just make me think that. I, I, I think people may have got the wrong yeah. impression of the championship. I, I think <laughs> doesn't know what political Fight correctness club. is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, obviously, but it's, it's the Premier League. It's political correctness gone. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, that's factually inaccurate as well, because there's more arrests and football banning orders in the Premier League. I know this because I'm writing my dissertation on this. Oh, so even even academically speaking, even academically speaking, the championship is better. Like, yeah, let's get on on board. Um, So yeah, that's the wizard guys. The championship safely uh, covering all the important aspects of the second tier for another week. Let's uh, wrap up some correspondence before we go. Then. Pugs Bear one. Paul Lambert has a ten percent win ratio as Stoke manager. Only Chris Kamara has a worse one, with seven point one four percent in fourteen games. It's not working. Jesus Christ! Uh, I suppose Fuck. the the question within that is: Do you keep the second worst manager in our history for an assault at the t- championship title? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it was quite as bad as that. Um, no, we don't keep him, but we will. So just accept the ride, people. Enjoy it. Enjoy it because it's going to be hilarious. Okay. Uh, Super Shakiri 12 says, Seems we have the most inconsistent players on the planet. Yes, we definitely deserved a point yesterday with Shaq hitting the bar as well. Yes, there's still hope. Two wins could actually do it if all the results go the expected way. Definitely stick with Paul Lambert. Hmm. There you go. Mm. Mm. Thirty-three uh, points to keep us up. Bloody hell, that'd be um, <laughs> good. I'd yeah, take that. I think, huh? Yeah, we we got promoted with something like forty points, so 
it's it's not about how many points you get. It's, it's <laughs> just whether you get enough. Um, Mark Dunn. It wasn't a good performance. I've I've standard slipped so low that kicking Spurs all day and getting a fluky goal is to be lauded. (laughs) Well, first of all, kicking Spurs all day, yes. Yes. Um, We tried to cut passes out and got caught. Yeah, we tried to cut passes out and got caught over and over and they scored their first. The second was crap goalkeeping. Wrong. We had a better XG than Spurs, and as we all know, XG is what football is about. So no, we were way better than Spurs. How dare you suggest anything otherwise? Facts, stats. I can't believe you've mentioned XG on this podcast. We've got ninety-two episodes without bloody mentioning it, uh, and that's everything. I think everyone over forty-five has still don't re- switched off. I mean, I'm I'm over the age of twenty-five, and I genuinely don't understand it. So, like, it, it, no one wants I to hear me explain the, it. Like, this the, is this is the point where I all call you millennials. It, like, I, I know what XG is. Do you remember when you played football as a kid and you'd hit a shot, but because there's no gold nets there, uh, you, had, you had to judge whether like that would would have been under the bar oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. inside the post or not. You had to judge whether like, oh, that was inside yeah. the jumper. So, like. Whenever you claimed a goal where it was like ambiguous as to whether that was actually a goal, I think that is what an expected goal is. It's like a pretend goal. So we've we okay. had more pretend goals than Spurs yesterday. And it's a disgrace that the FA, the corrupt FA, have not allowed us the three points. Yeah, right. pretty much I, spot on. Yeah, no, no. Got it. Yeah. Best, better than I've ever described it. Is that in your dissertation, Tom? No. <laughs> it's in his expected dissertation, though. His XD. <laughs> right. This thread is from Chris Futcher on Twitter. Uh, I honestly think it's too late, despite the performance yesterday. We've been left behind by the Premier League while being a marketing cost centre for Bet365. They need us to be in the Premier League to get their global brand exposure. But they need to achieve this at the lowest possible cost. This was the gamble and it hasn't paid off. Absolutely devastating when Denise is paying herself £225 million a year. The lack of investment is absolutely disgusting. The fans have been hoodwinked by this lot. While the rest of the league has been investing and growing, made relegation in an inevitability. This is Denise's gamble. The book stops with her. And I suppose now we'll have to wonder what purpose we will serve to Bet365 in the Championship. They have have to be a global brand and the ownership of a championship team simply doesn't meet that criteria especially when the much smaller rivals are still achieving that uh that's a very interesting take and not one that's been uh discussed much you know much like the kind of fact we're owned by bet365 and like how responsible like the Coates family are for essentially not investing as much in recent seasons as in Stoke City as they have been previously. Um, I don't know what to make of that. Like, if if and when we go down, do you expect a certain level of investment from the Coates family? I think we need it, definitely. Um, but I don't think I could disagree because when, when Pulis was in charge, I think we only, as net spend, we only had less spend than like the top four. We spent loads of money, but it seems we've just sort of been, I suppose on one hand, it, it's, it's something you can praise, being steadfast against this 
massive inflation of football transfer fees. But also, at the end of the day, it's what's happening. And if you aren't going to get on board with it, you are going to get left behind. So, yeah, I don't know. But I think Ray Winston's floating head gets plenty of uh, worldwide exposure. So I don't think that fussed about <laughs> getting relegated. Yeah, um, yeah I, I wouldn't say that Bet365 will take a massive marketing hit off us going down because aside from perhaps us not appearing in their adverts, like how annoying is that advert when it's like, oh, penalty Stoke? And it's like, stop taking the piss, we've missed our last three. But yeah, I think uh, Raymondo's uh, bank balance is... But yeah... Guys, Johnny Walters has just come out on Twitter and said he's not a Tory anymore. What? What? Breaking news. Breaking news. What? Let let me... Let me just... Hang on, hang on, Let hang on. Let me just go on his Twitter account. <laughs> this is breaking news and we're reacting to it. This is... Almost live, because obviously you can't listen to this live. Why won't Twitter load? Right. Okay, John Walters, oh, 30 forever. minutes ago. I'll read it to you, Chris. Um, okay. Right, okay. okay. John Walters is quote-tweeting someone else called Alan. Uh, Alan has said, It's great when privileged Tory supporters turn up to make heroes of themselves. Maybe not voting for the system that creates these problems in the first place would do more for the greater good. John Waters, one of two. Just to set you straight, Alan, I made some poorly educated tweets a few years ago about David Cameron, but I'm not a Tory supporter. As it happens, I don't have any political allegiances whatsoever, as I see the whole system completely messed up. I just saw some fantastic people who live close to me helping those who are in need and thought I would try and help out also. I didn't want to make myself out to be any sort of hero. However, I'm trying to raise awareness of a desperate situation a lot of people are finding themselves in. Johnny Walters, what? like, what bring him home. I'm, oh, because oh. there's literally now no part of him that I can. No reason. Can, yeah, I can't wait till next year when he goes full Neville Southall and like <laughs> proper, proper becomes just like woke. Ah, <laughs> oh, that would be oh. ace. That oh, that's just that's just made my evening. We yeah. can go down. Oh, no, that, that's like, it's Johnny, never what, getting Johnny better Walters. than that. Johnny Walters is woke. <sighs> Go on. Uh, oh, brilliant. Shall we end the show there? There was a couple more tweets, but, you know, what's on it? Uh, that I'm just going to end on a, that happy note. Um, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chris. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. I mean, thank you for reading that and making my evening. Thank you, Tom. Th- thanks, everyone. Thanks, Johnny Walters. <laughs> yeah. Let's seize the means of production, up the revolution, go on Stoke. <laughs>